Well, good morning, y'all. Y'all doing all right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thanks, Cody. Yeah, buddy. Hey, listen, we are in week three of our stepping series, and I hope um, I hope that you guys are doing well this morning. And um, I'm a little sweaty, so uh, not not at all. Hey, listen, we're so glad that you guys are here. But we're, like I said, we're in week three of our, of our series called, that we've called Stepping. And, and like, here's the, here's the idea is that all of us in this room, all of us in this room, we're, we've been called out as a kingdom of priests in this world. I don't, like, you're like, Derek, I don't know if I'm called to be a preacher. We're all called to preach the gospel, to proclaim the gospel to the ends of the world. How do you know this, Derek? Well, our friend Peter. Remember, we've been looking at the life of Peter, right, the last couple of weeks, and his different faith journeys on how, where, where he, you know, how his screw-ups and his mess-ups to God reordaining him, saying, I still choose you, what we talked about last week, you know. We'll talk about it again a little bit here in a second. But, we're, but Peter, after all of his screw-ups, wrote, wrote two books. In one of these books, we read it last week, in 1 Peter 2, 9, our friend Peter wrote this. He said, but you are God's chosen treasure, and that should make you feel good. Like you are chosen before the foundations of the earth. He says that you are mine. You, but you are God's chosen treasure, priests who are kings, a spiritual nation set apart as God's devoted ones. He called you out of darkness to experience his marvelous light. Anybody experience marvelous light this morning? Find yourself in the darkness of the valley, dark, in darkness you didn't know a way out, but he rescued us. To experience his marvelous light, and now he claims you as his very own. No one else can claim you. Not your mama, not your daddy, not your boyfriend, nobody. No one else can claim you, for you are his own. Experience his marvelous light, and now he claims you as his very own. He did this so that you would broadcast, and broadcast means let it out. Let it out. Broadcast his glorious wonders throughout the world. For at one time you are not, you are not God's people, but now you are. At one time, you knew nothing of God's mercy because you, had, you hadn't received it, but now you are drenched with it, drenched with it. Big old bucket of ice water poured over you, drenched. We are a chosen people. The reason that we can get to step in and proclaim God's name is because of we, we realize the extent in which we were forgiven. I mean, the reason we can get to stepping up to the mic and proclaiming his name is because we realize that we have been forgiven. And we said, we said in week one that Jesus called us to get to step and to take our first, our first steps out of the boat, to unlearn our limitations, right? Because many of us, we, we put these labels on ourselves, we put these limitations, oh, I can't do that because of this, this, this. Maybe it's your past, maybe it's your, per, your current situation, maybe, I don't, I don't know, maybe, maybe somebody told you that, no, you can't do that anymore because you've done X, Y, and Z, and now you've disqualified yourself. Nope. But see, that's, that's the, exactly what the enemy wants us, equipped us to do. But the enemy wants to be, you to be distracted by your past. He wants you to be distracted by your limitations. He wants you to be distracted by, by, the, by, by your past and your limitations so much that we talked about last week that he wants you to believe that God made a mistake in choosing you. You, you can't choose me, God. I've done this, this, and this. You can't choose me. Like, he wants you to believe that. Like, I'm not worthy of this calling in, in my life. He wants you to believe that God, God made a mistake in calling you, but Christ wants you to know this, is that he, he didn't make a mistake when he called you. He knew exactly what he was doing. Y'all, if y'all knew all of my story, well, some of y'all do, and I'm surprised y'all are still here. But man, if y'all knew my story or knew the person sitting next to you's story, man, 
He still chooses you. That's what we said last week. He still chooses you. But I wonder this week, like, with those, with those things in mind, what would it look like? What it would it look like if our goal as believers would be to pray such gutsy prayers? And by gutsy, I mean those size up kind of prayers. You know our core value of size up? To take risk, like pray for a risk. Pray for something so big, like God would have to look at us and say amen to us. Like what would that look like? What if we prayed such big prayers for a chance to step out? Prayers of risk, prayers, those size up prayers that we needed this part of our prayer to be, God, I need you to be my crutch. Which I never got that anyway. You're just using Jesus as a crutch. Well, absolutely. Have you ever tried to walk through life alone? You can barely walk when you stub your toe, let alone everything else you got going on in your life. But we pray prayers that, God, if, if, if you call me to do this, I need you to be my crutch. I need to lean on you. Such gutsy, gutsy prayers that the enemy gets scared. Because too many of us as believers, we stay in our comfort zones. We live in our comfort zones much too, too, mu too much. Which leads to two things this morning that I think the Holy Spirit wants me to t tell you before we get into the passage. And it's this, is that your comfort zones, and we've said this before in the past, comfort zones don't keep your life safe. They keep your life small. They don't keep your life safe at all. You may feel comfortable, but in reality, you're miserable because you're not taking a step. You're not stepping out. You just want to stay comfortable. Comfort zones don't keep your life safe. Too many of us are living our faith in fishbowls when Christ has called us to the oceans. And here's the second thing. And this is a big one. Big one. A faith not worth dying for is not worth believing. And you're like, Derek, I don't know if I'm ready to die. It may, it may not mean that you die physically. It may but it may mean you die to something you love or that you think you love for something greater. It may mean that you die to yourself, your wants, and your plans. And we're going to look at another story this morning of our, of our friend Peter. And if you remember last week, we talked about you know, when Jesus, after his resurrection, met Peter on, on, this, on the shore and was eating breakfast with him and the rest of the disciples and takes Peter off to the side. And, you know, previous to that... Jesus said, you're going to deny me three times. And three times, Peter, and Peter was like, no, I ain't going to do that. I'm going to die for you. Well, he denies him three times. He even cusses out a little teenage girl. <laughs> you remember? Like, Peter, how dare you? And then, and, then, and then, I'm sure he felt, remember we said he probably felt worthless and miserable. Like, that's why he was working so hard when he realized Jesus was standing on the shore. He jumped out of the boat and swam in shore. Then when, and then when, he says, go get the rest of the fish. He dived back into the water to pull the fish back out. Remember? Like, he was, like, you know when you mess up and you know you've messed up and you try to work extra hard to try to impress a person you just messed up with? I do that with Brittany all the time. Yes, whatever you need, dear. But three times on the shore, he, he, to cover the three, the three times he denied, he says, do you love me, Peter? And he says, yes. You know I love you. Do you love me, Peter? Yes. And Go feed my lambs. Go feed my, go feed my sheep. And the last time he said, Peter, do you love me? And it says that Peter was, was saddened that he had to ask him three, time, three times. But it was, it was God saying three times, I still choose you, even though you've turned your back on me. Even though you screwed up, and we're, listen, we're all screwed up, right? Even though we're messed up, he, said, he was saying, I still choose you. And it's with that boldness that he got from that interaction with Jesus that we pick up the story today. Peter's just... Peter, is just, Peter and John has just healed a man. And then this huge crowd gathers. And, and they're preaching, y'all. They're preaching bold. They're bold. And then, 
and then something happens. And this is where we're going to pick up the story. In Acts, our friend Luke tells us this. In Acts 4, starting in verse 1, it says, The teaching and preaching of Peter and John angered the priest, the captain of the temple police, and representatives of the Jewish sect of Sadducees. They were furious that the people were being taught that in Jesus there was resurrection from the dead. And here's the thing about this you have to understand. The Sadducees were sad, you see, because they didn't believe in life after death. They didn't believe in resurrection after death. They didn't believe in that. So that, they were getting mad that Peter and John were saying, in Christ you will raise again. And he, so that's why they were, they were mad. So while Peter and John were still speaking, the Jewish authorities came to the temple courts to oppose them. They had them arrested, and since it was already evening, they kept, they kept them in custody until the next day. Yet there were many in the crowd who believed the message, bringing the total number of men who believed to nearly 5,000. The next day, many Jewish leaders, religious scholars, and elders of all the people, I mean like everybody that was everybody, showed up. And elders of the people convened a meeting in Jerusalem. Annas, the high priest, who, and Caiaphas, John, Alexander, and all those, all those were members of the high priest's family. They made Peter and John stand in front of the council as they questioned them, saying, Tell us, by what power and authority have you done these things? Now, Peter and John had options here. They could be fearful and do nothing. I don't know what you guys are talking about. They could be fearful and do nothing or have fear and be bold anyway. Because being afraid is part of humanity. But true bravery isn't feeling fear. It's being afraid and moving forward anyway. But moving forward anyway. Many of us stop moving forward, stop taking steps, Stop taking risks because we are, we, we are put on a spot where we feel that we may lose something. We don't know what's coming next. Could I lose my friendships? Could I lose the people I'm connected with? What if no one wants to speak to me anymore? We're, 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 we fear rejection. We feel humili fear humili humiliation. You name it. Whatever your fear is, when you're put on a spot to, 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 to speak what you believe, to be bold, we all have those fears, but bravery isn't, feeling, isn't the lack of feeling fear. It's being afraid of moving forward anyway. But we have to understand that when, when we buy into fear instead of faith, we are telling our Heavenly Father that we don't trust you. In fact, you can say it like this, fear is faith in the enemy. Fear is faith in our enemy. See, there's this, I don't know if you, I don't know, if you know who, um, who Corey Tim Boone is but she was a christian watchmaker and a uh, christian watchmaker in in during world war ii she worked with her dad and one of the things that they would do was during world war ii was they would hide jewish people in their house in their basement in their attic and um and she like she was asked one time were you did you ever have fear was you ever fearful that you were going to get caught was you ever afraid of what the future may hold? Well, or what may come next for you in your life? And she had said this crazy statement. She said, never be afraid to trust an unknown future to a known God. Ne never be afraid to trust an unknown future to a known God. He's asking you to step out of the boat. 
He's giving you opportunities to be bold and stepping out in your faith. The question becomes, are you going to do it? Or are you going to constantly live in fear, constantly live in the comfort zone of your own life? She's also credited in saying um, that in these moments, she, she, she said she loved to pray gutsy prayers for boldness. God, let them show up at my door, she said. I'll tell them how it is. I would have pooped my pants. <laughs> Never be afraid to trust an unknown future to a known God. Listen, we already don't know what tomorrow brings, right? So why don't we just step out anyway? I'd rather, I'd rather step out and fail than never step out at all. Let's keep reading. They made Peter and John stand in front of the council as they questioned them, saying, Tell us, by what power and authority have you done these things? And listen to, listen to Peter's response. Ready? Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, answered, Respected elders and leaders of the people. He was very respectful. Listen. Are we being put on trial today for doing an act of kindness by healing a frail, crippled man? Well then. Imagine if I was in the crowd that day, I'd be like, oh. He's like, well then. Well then. I just want to pause here for a second and just point out that Peter had the option to make an excuse. To get out of the situation, to, to make an adjust, like, to get out, you know, like, he could have he he made an excuse to get out of the situation he is, or he could have made an adjustment to what he was already called to step out and to do. Because excuses don't work, but adjustments do. He said, well, you're keeping me from preaching and performing miracles out there. Okay, then. Well, then. I'm going to do it in here. Because many times when we get confronted or we get confronted with stuff, we, we stop what we're doing, right? We're like, well, I can't do what God's called me to because I'm not in that arena. Well, God's called me to sing. We can still sing in the shower. You with me? That's what I thought I'd get a laugh out of that one. <laughs> Preacher jokes. Too many times we stop. We we stop in the middle when 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 difficulties come. When we get when we get opposition coming our way, we just stop what God has called us to do instead of keeping on trucking, stepping out. You want you want to know what Peter said to him? the adjustment that he made? Listen to this. Are we being put on trial today for doing an act of kindness by healing a frail, crippled man? Well then, you and everyone else in Israel should know that it is by the powerful name of Jesus that this crippled man stands here today completely healed. The sign is right here. You crucified Jesus. You crucified Jesus Christ of Nazareth, but God raised him from the dead this Jesus is the stone that you, the builders, have rejected, and now he has become the cornerstone, the thing which everything is built, because if it's not built around Jesus, it's not worth it. If your life is not centered on Jesus, then you, then you need to reevaluate your decisions in life. Like, you might even need to reevaluate your heart, you know, if you're really a follower of Jesus, because if he is not the center of your life, he is nothing to you. This is Jesus, the stone you builders have rejected and now has become this cornerstone. There is no one else who has the power to save us. This is bold. Like these people had authority to kill him in the moment. 
There's no one else who has the power to save us, for there is only one name under whom God has given authority by which we must experience salvation. It's the name of Jesus. The council members were, the council members were astonished as, as they witnessed the bold courage of Peter and John, especially when they discovered they were just ordinary men. Some translations say ignorant or stupid. That's me. Or you mean who, who, never, who, who never had religious training then they begin to understand the effect Jesus had on them simply by spending time with him. Standing there with them was, was the healed man, and there was nothing further they could say. There was nothing further they could say because the work of Christ in your life is undeniable. Our boldness our, in healing is an undeniable sign that we've been with Christ. It's undeniable. If there's nothing undeniable in your life, maybe we need to reevaluate ourselves. The work of Christ in our life is evident. It goes on to say this. It says, So they ordered them to leave the room while they discussed the matter among themselves. And this is what they said. What should we do with these men? Everyone in Jerusalem can clearly see, clearly see, that they performed a notable sign and wonder that we can't deny. But to keep this propaganda from, spe- uh, from spreading further among the people, let's threaten them severely and warn them never to speak to anyone in, the, in this name again. So they had them brought back in before the council, and they commanded them to never teach the people or speak again using the name of Jesus. Apparently, they don't know Peter very well. Remember, just a second ago, he said, well then, to you. Now listen to what Peter says. Peter and John replied, you can judge for yourself. Is it better to listen to you or to God? For it is impossible for us to stop speaking about all the things we've heard and seen. Many of us in this room have seen God do some incredible things seen some incredible things and the story stops with those incredible things happening because we don't share those incredible things like the story i shared a few weeks ago of now they're still having some issues but of hayden laying in the hospital oxygen level below like what not being able to breathe and me sitting there going god like what are you doing like what are you doing here like i get it like i prayed for this i prayed that gutsy prayer of God gave me a chance to take a big risk and a week later we get custody of a two year old and a, a, at that time a newborn I'm like what was I praying <laughs> you know what I'm <laughs> we just bought a house we got two dogs at one time we already have two kids like what's up <laughs> but here we are God is that not enough like what else are you trying to teach me like like I don't know if I, I don't know if I can handle this part of it and that old man walking by the ICU doors, looking in, turning around, don't know who he is from Adam and going, hey, God just wanted me to remind you that he works in the unexpected. And then going over, praying over Hayden and his oxygen level going to 100 immediately. That story would have stopped there if I wouldn't have shared it. It's impossible for us to stop speaking about the things we've seen and heard. God's done some amazing things in all of our lives. 
And it's time for us to be bold and step out and speak those things, to get a backbone, to be of courage. But why was it impossible for them to stop stepping to the mic and proclaiming the name of Jesus? When we've seen what we've seen and we've heard what we've heard, when we've been touched the way we've been touched, when you realize the extent in which you've been forgiven, you realize the risk you must take for his name. That's why when you can't talk about Jesus in school, yeah, right, I'm going to talk about him every day. Those kids need him a lot, don't they? That's Tony over there. He works with me at the school. Oh, you don't want me to talk about Jesus? Well then. You shouldn't have hired me as a restorative liaison. Because I'm going to tell people about the hope that I have in Jesus. Maybe it's for maybe for you it's you may lose your job. You may lose your friends. You may lose some relationships. But like I said at the beginning, this message is worth dying for. This message is worth dying for. It's, it's, it's worth the risk. That's why I will tell a 12-year-old kid, the only way you're going to get over this is Jesus. Let me show you my story and how God works for me. You better not put me, put no kid in ATS if you don't want to hear it, then hear about Jesus, y'all. It may cause you to lose the things that you hold most closely. But God is calling all of us to step out of the boat. He's calling all of us to, 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 to be bold and pray gutsy prayers. Because if you're worth dying for, he is worth dying for. He goes on to say, since the members of the council couldn't come up with a crime they could punish them for, they threatened them once more and let them go. And all the people praised God, thrilled over the miraculous healing of the crippled man. They was like, forget about what just happened. You see the man was healed? He got up and walked, y'all. And the man who received, who received the, miracle, the miracle sign of healing was over 40 years old. And here's the thing that that's why the Bible puts that in question. is Because at this point in his life, um, he would have definitely been used as worthless. Like, no, there's nothing anybody can do with him. We would just feet, like, throw him to the side. He means nothing. This means it doesn't matter how old you are or where you come from or what part of this journey you're on. God is saying... You can take a risk. You can step out, get to stepping out of the boat. But as soon as they were released from custody, Peter and John went to the other believers and explained all that had happened with the high priest and the elders. You'd think people would get scared, don't you? When the believers heard the report, they raised their voice in unity and prayed, Lord Yahweh, this is going to be the gutsy prayer, Lord Yahweh, you are the Lord of all. You created the universe, the earth, the sky, the sea, and everything that is in them. And you spoke, and you spoke by the Holy Spirit through your servant David, our forefather, saying, How dare the nations plan a rebellion, ra uh, ranting and raging against the Lord Most High? Their foolish plots are futile. 
Look at how the kings of earth take their stand with the rulers scheming and conspiring together against God and his, and his anointed Messiah. In fact, Herod and Pontius Pilate, along with the Jews and non-Jews, met together to take their stand against you, your holy servant, Jesus the Messiah. They did it, they, they did to him all that your, your purpose, all that your purpose and will had determined according to the, de- to the destiny you had marked out for him. So now, Lord, listen to their threats to harm us. Empower us. I mean, that's, that's crazy to think about. God, take away this pain in my life, please. No, that's not what they prayed. God, keep me safe. Give me traveling mercies. No, that's not what they prayed. They said, we know that they're out to harm us. But we're praying that you empower us as your servants to speak the word of God freely and courageously. Stretch out your hand of power through us to heal and to move in signs and wonders by the name of your holy son, Jesus. At the moment, at that moment, the earth shook beneath them, causing the building they were in to tremble. Each one of them was filled with the Holy Spirit and proclaimed the word of God with unrestrained boldness. They didn't pray for their discomfort to go away. They didn't pray for comfort. They didn't pray for pain to go away. No, they prayed for more. You bring empower us to get through it. Don't take it away. All because Peter and John said, let me tell you this story. Let me be bold and proclaim what God has done. Because you stepping out in boldness will lead others to do the same. God, we serve a good, good Father. So good. And now it's our job to proclaim that to the world. Quit making excuses on why you can't do it. Be bold. Be brave. Understand the extent in which you are forgiven. Because when you do, you'll be filled with power. God, be my crutch. Empower me. Give me something to do that I would have, I cannot do without leaning on you. God, I need this. Dear God, I want to thank you so much for giving us the opportunity to be here this morning. And I pray, God, for boldness. I pray that we fight this devil that we call comfort. God, I pray that we fight this devil that we call laziness. God, I pray that you empower us. Empower us to do your will. When trials come and may we step out in boldness, may we step out of the boat. May we find ways to proclaim your name to the world. Because you are so good. You are so good.